0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together, we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. We've heard about it. We've probably felt uncertain about it. And it's very likely that someone, somewhere, may have told us to go there. (laughs) I'm talking about hell, that place of, well... Well, there's the problem. What exactly is hell, and should we be concerned about it? Dr. Jennings is with us via Skype. Dr. Jennings, take us there. What's the truth about hell? You know, this is such a good question, Charles,
1: because so many people live in fear. Yes. They live in fear of a place of torment, of burning, and all these types of things, eternally, and fires that are, uh, you know, combustion and, and burning off your skin, and, you know, the classic things that people have been told their whole lives. And many religions around the world, not just Christianity, have this concept. Yeah. And so the place I go to get these types of answers is Scripture, because there really is no science you can go to for this. This teaching comes out of Scripture, and so we have to go to Scripture to find out what the Scripture teaches about it. And where I start is I start in Isaiah 33, verse 14. And it says, Sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling grips the godless. Who can dwell with the consuming fire? Who can dwell with the eternal burning? When I first read that, uh, that's verse 14, it asked the question, verse 15 answers, who's going to dwell in this fire? He who walks righteously and mm. speaks what is right and rejects gain from extortion and keeps his hand from accepting bribes. In other words, the righteous spend eternity in these eternal fires. And when I first read that, this is Isaiah 33, verse 14 and 15, it didn't compute with me. And so I started in the beginning of my Bible and I went through and I found something amazing. But this is what I discovered. When Moses spoke to God at the bush, Exodus 3-2, the bush is described as burning, Burning. but it didn't get consumed. When God came down to Sinai to give the Ten Commandments in Exodus 24, it's described as having a consuming fire, but the mountain didn't burn down. When Solomon's temple was dedicated in 2 Chronicles 7— the priests couldn't enter it because the brightness of God's presence was so bright they couldn't enter the place, but the building didn't burn. Mm-hmm. It says in Ezekiel 28 that uh, Lucifer used to walk among, quote, the fiery stones of God's presence. In Daniel 7, it says the ancient of days takes his seat and rivers of fire come out from before him and thousands and thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 stand in this fire. Hebrews twelve twenty-nine says our God is a consuming fire. In Revelation 22, it says that the New Jerusalem will not need a sun to light it because God's presence will be its light. And so what I discovered is the lie of Satan that he's perpetrated upon the whole world essentially is the place you don't want to go. And the place you don't want to be is the place of eternal burning and consuming fire. And that place is God's very presence the righteous are transformed to live in that presence as Moses, remember Moses, 40 days on the mountain uh, in God's presence comes down and his face is radiating some type of heavenly light that is described as fire, but it didn't give Moses third degree burns. It didn't hurt him. But when the children of Israel saw that light, it caused them agony. They couldn't stand it. They asked him to put a veil on it and veil it. And so the wicked, it says in in Thessalonians, are destroyed by the brightness of his coming. Well, this is a very strange fire. Here's a fire that doesn't burn whiskers off Moses' face or doesn't destroy buildings or or burn bushes, but it will destroy the wicked. What kind of fire is this? And this is what I have to tell people. This is the fire that consumes sin. Hmm. It is not the fire that consumes physical matter. See, what is sin made out of? Sin is not made out of wood or paper or cardboard or grass or blood or bone or human tissue. Sin has at its root two elements. According to Scripture, lies. Satan is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. What will consume or burn out a lie? Truth, Truth. Truth, yes. And the other root to sin is selfishness. What is it that burns out selfishness? Love. Love And the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth, truth and, and love. love. And at Pentecost, when the spirit fell, they saw two streams of fire, the fires of truth and the fires of love. Yet there was no injury. There was no combustion further evidence of this, because we want to be evidence-based thinkers. If you look in Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron's son Nadab and Abihu took unauthorized fire into the sanctuary before the Lord, and it says, fire came out from the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Next verse, Moses sends in the cousins to drag Nadab and Abihu out, and it's what it says, still in their tunics. (laughs) Now, if I hit you with a flamethrower, you still be in your clothes when we're done. Hardly. No. So this fire, the Bible is telling all thinking people that the fire that came out from God that consumed them was not the fire of combustion. It's the fire of his unveiled truth and love. And people go, I don't get how, how does that work? I've had patients who were molested or abused as kids. And in, in the healing process, as we work together, at some point we have to work on their letting go of the anger and rage and work on forgiving the person who's harmed them. And many of them struggle because they said, well, it's not, it's not fair. If if I forgive him, he gets away with it. You know, he wasn't arrested. He he wasn't, he wasn't prosecuted. The only thing holding him accountable is me. I'm holding him accountable. And what they're revealing is they really don't understand the nature and character of sin. And so I asked this question, the nature of character of sin is that sin actually damages the one who participates in it. And so I asked the question of these individuals, I said, if God took you to heaven and he gave you a choice between coming back to earth and picking up your life right now, no difference, Mm -hmm. Or you get to trade lives with the man who abused you. And you get to go around abusing kids, but no one abuses you. Whose life do you choose? 100% of my patients choose their own. And I go, why? And a light goes off. And they realize, well, when somebody abuses us, they can hurt our body. They can hurt our emotions. They can even damage our thinking patterns. They can't damage our souls. Our consciences remain clear. But if we injure somebody else, we sear our conscience. We warp our character. We harden our heart. Now, people who do sin and they don't repent, they don't experience the healing of their soul through a relationship with God, they live in denial and distortion. Mm -hmm. They lie and they store What will it be like for them when they come in the presence of infinite unveiled truth where their lies can no longer shield them from the reality of who they are, Mm -hmm. what they've done, and they have full awareness of this, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is really um, the, the, the torture and torment does not come out from God. It comes out from unremedied sin in the heart, mind, and character of a liar, cheat, adulterer person who's never experienced a new heart and right spirit when they come in the
0: presence of infinite love and truth. But Dr. Jennings, some would say we want our enemies to suffer. We want our enemies to be thrown into a lake of fire. We want to know that those who did bad things to us all during our lives, they are spending eternity in agony for what they did to us. I can see where the concept of an ever-burning fire came from, wouldn't you say? The
1: torture does not come from the fire. The torture comes from the unremedied sin yes, and the life of yes. the sinner. And so there is a subtle distortion here. One, we have to first understand what the fire is. Yeah. Two, we have to understand where the pain and suffering. Pain and suffering comes from sin. It does not come from God. And if Christians teach that pain and suffering comes from God, then God's the problem we need a solution mm-hmm. for. Okay. No, sin is the problem we need a solution for. Mm-hmm. But because this has been corrupted by paganism and other ideas, there's, there's this idea that hell is a, a place of physical torment with physical combustion. It's not. They might get this out of Revelation 14 when it talks about um, the, uh, the third angel came and said, if anyone worships the bees in his image, it will mark in his forehead and his hand, and he'll drink the wine of God's fury and pour out full strength in the cup of his wrath and be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb for, and the smoke of the torment rises forever and ever. Okay, and they say, oh, see, there, there it is. There it is right there. Boom. Okay. You know, the Greek word translated as burning sulfur or, or brimstone or fire and brimstone, the Greek is theon. It is the form of the word theos if you study theos, you're studying theology, or you're a theologian, Mm -hmm. meaning you're studying about God. Theon actually means divine fire, or the fire of God's presence, Mm -hmm. which it says right in the text, this burning sulfur, it says quote, in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. So if you want to know where the eternal burning lake of fire happens, it's in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb, Mm -hmm. because it's God's life-giving glory. So what about then the wicked? You say we want them to suffer. Okay, two problems with that idea is one, people misunderstand the nature of character sin. And they think that if it's not an inflicted suffering, then there's no suffering. They don't understand what I just described. There will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be a terrible suffering, but the suffering comes out from the unremedied sin and the character, heart, mind of the sinner when they are in unveiled truth and love. It doesn't come out from God. So there will be suffering and it's unavoidable. So what happens then? The other error or myth that leads to this idea of a place where people live for all eternity and suffering is the myth that at creation in Eden, God created Adam and Eve with immortality. They are already immortal. And then once they sinned, God's like, oh, man, bad one on my part, (laughs) boof that one. Ah, man, I sure, I I love them. I don't want them to suffer forever, but I already gave them immortality. It means uh, there's nothing I can do except give them an opportunity for salvation, but those who won't take it, they're gonna suffer forever. You know, if we believe that God gave them immortality in Eden before they sinned, we have several problems. One, 1 Timothy 6.16 says that God alone is immortal. Mm. There's no one immortal other than God, and we receive life from him. Two, why after uh, their sin do we find that God barred their path to the tree of life? Life if they were already immortal and they couldn't die? Three, what kind of a being does it make God out to be that he created immortal beings that will disobey and suffer in an eternity of torment for all eternity. He either doesn't have much foresight, he doesn't have foreknowledge, he didn't know, or he's not very wise, or he's a cruel tyrant that knew it was going to happen and did it anyway. So this idea that man has inherent immortality already really corrupts the kind of god that we worship and again puts us back into that role of worshiping a pagan god from whom we need to be protected. So when we come back to biblical truth that God is immortal and and the gift of God is eternal life for those who have come back to reconciliation with him. But the wages of sin is death, as the scripture says in Romans six twenty three, And so we can find a beautiful harmony with all of these things where there is no escaping from sin except through the plan that God has provided for us to fix and heal what's actually in us. But if we hold to these other views, then it actually puts a barrier in our capacity to trust God, which may make us religious, but keeps our heart closed so we don't actually experience the freedom from the fear and the freedom from God so we actually don't experience the the healing he has for us.
0: This really does put the responsibility for how we will spend our lives now and in eternity in our own hands. God has clearly, as you have shown us, God has clearly delineated between here is life eternal and here is death eternal. And it is up to us to decide where we want to spend that time. Am I right in saying that? It is absolutely up to us to to decide.
1: We are born with a condition we didn't choose, and our decision is do we participate in the remedy God has had for us or not? And if we don't, God loves us too much to let us suffer for all eternity, but he lets us go the way we've chosen, which is a period of torment as our own condition torments us, and we finally succumb to eternal death. And that's the Mm -hmm. smoke rising forever and ever. Smoke is what's left after something is consumed by the fire, and in the imagery of Revelation, it means that for all the Righteous who live forever, we will never
0: forget mm. the loss of those who haven't. Mm. ComeAndReason.com is the website listener. There is a book there that you might want to look at. There's a lot of books there, but one of them is called Could It Be This Simple, and as well as other books, and you will learn more about the topic we discussed today in those volumes, and I recommend that you go there. Radio shows to listen to, television programs to watch, blogs to read, lots of good stuff there at ComeAndReason.com. Dr. Jennings wants to make sure, not only on this program, but also on his website and in his books, that we understand the true God that we understand the truth about God. That's at commonreason.com. Dr. Jennings, you know, talking with you each week like this is just a lift for my spirit. Thank you so much. Yep. And uh, and follow us on Facebook too. Absolutely. Follow us on Facebook. You can find us at come Reason. That's on Facebook. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone.